0: This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com.
1: Hello, it's later in the afternoon on a Thursday than Jeremy and I usually hang out for the Youth Worker Recharge, but um, it's kind of a special edition because we've got a special guest hanging out with us today.
2: That's right. This is Kat. Hi. 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 Th- thank I you work at the Western Foundation. Kat is one of our interns, but Kat also was part of a youth group at a church where I worked
1: which is really awesome. So uh, I am thrilled that you're here because uh, one or two other times Jeremy and I have had former youth on. Um, and the idea kind of came for it from the StoryCorps series that's on NPR, where there's an interviewer that kind of connects people that um, were connected and then haven't been connected for a while, um, just to talk about memories or shared stories or those kinds of things. Um, also, Cat, I mean, you probably can tell by looking at Jeremy and looking at me that we've been doing youth ministry for a while. Um, I'm just saying it ages, it ages people. Uh, yeah. and, and I will own that for myself.
2: I'm actually only 20, but I love it. I'm 15. <laughs>
1: um, and so Kat, you know, like it, some of the things that we think are super important or like we think are going to be incredibly impactful as youth leaders um, sometimes is not the stuff that gets remembered by young people. Yeah. And so part of that is like, you know, us being able to ask you questions about that sort of stuff as well. So I know you and Jeremy are in the same room. So you'll absolutely be able to tell if, you know, we start to get into anything that's too embarrassing from Jeremy's ministry life. Um, But would you mind just saying hi, and introducing yourself and and maybe sharing a word or two about um, your faith journey or, you know, kind of what got you to the place where you are interning at a Wesley Foundation?
2: Or if you just want to say some sort of ridiculous thing that I did in front of you, in ministry, that's also okay.
0: All right, I can do both. I can do both. I've got both of those. So um, I grew up um, in a tiny little church filled with just basically old people. Um, there was not really a youth group.
2: That's abnormal. Most churches are not filled with old people. Yeah. Don't lie. <laughs> well. Actually, no, they're all filled with old people.
0: <laughs> um, And there wasn't really a youth group. I was homeschooled, which kind of made it worse because, you know, I didn't really have friends. Um, and then it's true. It's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And so I, so I got into middle school and I went into, I tried a couple of churches and I wasn't really, you know, and then I found this one church and I really, really liked it at first. Mm-hmm. It was so really, this, this was
2: not the church that I, no, was, I correct. Heard I heard. this
0: was the church before <laughs> okay, church. So (laughs) yeah, so I went into that church and it was great for a while and then it wasn't and it all just kind of crashed and burned. Um, And then I stopped participating in youth groups until my sophomore, I took about a year off from churches and then my mom actually started working at his church and I went into that youth group and I stayed there until I graduated. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the head pastor at that church, his wife was the director before him. And that's how I ended up here at Wesley.
1: Oh, got it. Okay. So kind of a small world
2: moment. Yeah. There. Right. That yeah. There was nothing embarrassing in there. I was, I was,
0: oh, well, was, one time he uh, um, at, uh, what was it, winter retreat, hmm. he ran one of our winter retreats and he told us about his famous, what is it, Red Bull?
1: Oh, Coke, Coke Bull.
0: Yeah, Coke Bull and Coke he was, like, I, bouncing off the walls. It was very uh, memorable.
1: I don't know about Coke bowl. Can, can you explain to me? Is this a drink it's that might really be illegal in some counties?
2: It's something I invented. Uh, Red
0: Bull and Coke.
2: It's like, when I speak, I have a two liter of Coke up on the stage to, you know, you know like some people have water. Um, lot, lots
1: of people have water. Yeah, saying
2: I have a two-liter of Coke. You have I'm a two-liter of Coke. like regular like, Coke, no, 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 Coke with, with the red label. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just two and Like, you know, when an average person would like take a swig of water, I'll just <laughs> take a swig out of the Yeah, this two imagine liter. him saying,
0: no. about a hundred kids doing that. So
2: but the two liter sort of like works its way down over the weekend. And then at some point when everybody's had a long night, it's really tired. I introduce them to Coke bowl, which you take um that you know, half empty two-liter and uh and then a can of red bull and a funnel and you put the <laughs> red bull into the Coke. Um, and it like, there's, I don't know why but there's like a weird chemical reaction. Yes. It releases a lot of, so it's like, it smells, uh, <laughs> like a heart attack. <laughs> and, yeah. So it's nice. Cause I do that in a lot of places. And when I see people, they're like, Oh, you're the Coke bull guy. Oh,
1: <laughs> we should let everybody know that you are available to be booked as long as there are two liters of Coke and, you know, the Red Bull available. Right. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, I'm also really relieved that you don't drink the entire two liter in like one speaking session. Right. Like I thought yeah. that's where it was going to go. I thought you were like, okay, if they, if I need to give three talks, I need three, two liters. Cause I do a two liter per talk.
2: No, that's, that would be pretty intense. Although that's what the, I, I, told somebody that about the two liter and they thought that that's what i was going to do they they got like four two liters because they thought there was one per talk but
1: oh okay yeah so by sunday you're just drinking like really flat coke
2: with red bull in it with red bull in it <laughs> <laughs> does the
0: red bull
2: make it fizzy again it doesn't make it fizzy again it's just it just adds uh <laughs> a little <je> sais quoi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well Kat, let me ask you a couple of questions um yeah. Something that I'm like specifically interested in is um you are one of the youth who has had experiences in multiple churches right like often youth end up going to a church where their parents are attending um, or at least, at least children do, right? Like, because parents are the ones that drive your kids to church and then mom and dad are going to go. So you're going to come too. And then, you know, by the time youth group hits, uh, maybe you've made a connection and you're still going to be at that church or, uh, you know, maybe not. And your parents start to give you a little bit more agency. Um, but <clears throat> in terms of like the setup or the feel, you know, what, what, what are the things that, you know, got you, wanting to leave that first youth group and that first church experience, um, and find something else?
0: Um, a lot of it was the way that it was being led. Um, I felt like a lot of the time they were just like pinpointing students and it was just like, the messages were very directed in a negative way. Instead of trying to find ways to help students, it was like, condemning them if that makes sense um and it got very heavy and um the atmosphere like even the students a lot of them became negative in a sense and it just became a really unhealthy environment and it became very clicky towards the end so Mm, it was just like everyone is in their groups and if you weren't accepted in that group then you were just not in a group Mm -hmm. got Uh, it yeah and then I did take a break, like I went back because my mom has worked at multiple churches. So I just went to my hometown church with my dad after that. But then when my mom got the job at his church, she was like, hey, they have a youth group and it's a pretty good size. I think you should try it. So um, I went there during the summer and I like that it was a smaller group and I just fell in love with it.
1: That's really cool. And now that you find yourself like being in a leadership position, um, how do you think you're going to try to, you know, steer the direction of the college students that you're working with to like avoid that same kind of clicky stuff? You know, are there any tips or tricks or things you're going to try?
0: One thing that I remind myself daily, like, is so we have just different tables. We have like five tables in our big room or whatever. And I sit at a different one or I try to sit at a different one with different people every week and just making sure you're not hanging out with, because like, obviously you're going to have friends within there, but it's making sure that you invite the new people or talk to the people that haven't really been spoken to that night. It's just taking the extra initiative to go out and make sure that they're as comfortable as everyone else who has been attending.
1: Cool. I like that a lot. Um, I can't remember if I've shared this story before on a previous recording of ours, but um, when, when I first got hired as a local church youth minister, um, one of the big complaints that I got from parents and from youth as I was like interviewing people and, you know, getting to know folks after I'd gotten the the job was that same thing about like the youth group is clicky and we need to figure out some stuff to do about it, you know, whatever. Um, so we had this night where we were gonna talk clicks. We were gonna talk about social circles and you know being accepting and doing all those things. And um, all the kids had the right answers in our discussion about stuff, right? Like in our, our youth group setup was where we would have dinner, we would do our lessons, break into small groups, and then come back together at the end. Um, and in my young uh, total stupidity, uh, I thought that it would be a fun idea to um, tape dinner. So I put up video cameras, like when we were doing our dinner stuff and you could see the clicky behavior at dinner. And then we'd break out into the small groups and they'd give all the right answers about how important it was to be inclusive and talk to new people and everything else. And then I showed them this video as a part of the closing. And I I have never gotten more feedback from youth (laughs) about how upset they were, um, sort of about having that mirror lifted up a little bit, um, I would be fascinated to hear if that stuck with any of you know the youth that experienced it because they were pretty hot after it was done. Um, yeah. It's something that I certainly remember because I feel like it did not accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, right? Like it didn't have that positive approach that that you mentioned being so important, Kat. I think it ended up being a little bit more on the negative side, which I wasn't really intending.
2: Yeah,
1: but, yeah. Jeremy, how about you? Are, are there things that you do re- related to clicks and and extra attention that you give to those kind of social pieces?
2: Yeah, I, I generally am the person that tries to, to be the connection between different groups. And and like, a, so I was today, for example, we had a couple of students that were, tra- were uh, from, uh, not transferred, they were from Germany, right? They were um, exchange students and they were studying the same thing as what a group at another table was, but it was sort of like in these two different like distinct groups and I so I I said do you mind if I introduce you to all of these other people and they're like yeah that's fine and so I sort of I brought them over and I said hey look you guys are similar <laughs> uh, but also have interesting things to talk about and and I think that as a youth worker trying to one of the ways that you deal with clicks is you try to bridge those be the bridge between those groups in a way that sort of begins to create healthy relationships across those boundaries um that's that's i think one of the one of the sort of positive not negative you know like you were talking about sort of like a negative like hey you guys are freaking hypocrites uh, <laughs> uh, there's that way and then but there's also like a positive way that sort of helps to like the actual problem i mean the real problem is that people naturally gravitate towards other groups of people and sort of the unhealthy, the unhealthy expression of that is when they like they only spend time with those people. Yeah. Right. And so to help those groups sort of like like just sort of prying them open a little bit is mm-hmm. helpful. You and I were though, talking about like church trauma. And okay. and I'm curious, because we talked about having to go to counseling both of us for different horrible things that we experienced in church. Um, I'm curious, like, you don't have to share specifics if you don't want to, but like, I think it would be helpful for a youth pastor who's listening to this, um, to hear like, what is one of those things that like, my, I always assume that people have the best intentions, right. But even really good intentions can inflict trauma when you are,
1: Hmm.
2: you know, not careful or ignorant. Sometimes you're just trying to do the right thing. And you decide to like secretly videotape people. Um,
1: There was a, there was a photo (laughs) and video release that was signed by all participants (laughs) part of their medical release forms. I just want that to be known.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So like what, if you got to, if you can imagine there's a youth pastor out there that's getting ready to do kind of some of those things out of the best intentions, like, what, what would you say? Like, here's some things like, don't do that. Like this was really hard.
0: If you see students doing something like, I know that a specific example that didn't happen to me, but um, there were other students in there that would dress, not what they saw as modest or whatever. And so then they would do a series on (laughs) modesty.
2: Okay. And
0: they would like, people would get into relationships. And when they didn't like the relationship, they would, they just like, like a pinpointed uh-huh it was like direct hits but without naming the person
1: right like and, passive aggressive but, yeah. but everybody knew who it was
0: exactly though, right right right. Yeah. right, right. because it's they like... would like look at the person while they're you right.
2: know. they were like you know the lord doesn't like red raincoats <laughs>
0: yeah right? like that kind of yeah
2: really like uh, this is weird why are you doing this in
0: front yeah. of yeah yeah um and another thing is just A big thing for me when I went to his church was so the high schoolers and the middle schoolers were separated in the Sunday services. But I I took it upon myself to make sure that I was talking to the middle schoolers, because what happened was everyone got out of middle school Mm -hmm. and suddenly they're cool and they don't want to talk to the middle schoolers. Well, I still have really strong relationships with those middle, they're now almost graduated, which makes me feel old, but they all, I have still strong relationships with them. And I think it's really important to make sure that we're integrating both of them so that they have some sort of direction and some sort of leadership, because having leadership within like your group is great, but being able to lead younger people who just, I mean, the world's completely different. And Mm -hmm it's hard. Middle school and high school is hard. And especially coming out of COVID. I don't even want to imagine what that was like. I mean, and so a lot of these kids started high school when they were when COVID, you know, cut off. And so it was hard seeing them transition into that. But I'm glad I was able to be there for them to help them through that. Yeah. So I think
1: I I really love your point about (laughs) <laughs> like leadership and relationship, not always just being the youth worker, right? Like that is not one person's job.
0: Right. Um, yeah. The, yeah. the
1: best groups that are out there really are ones where um, everybody feels sort of empowered and equipped and maybe even expected, right? To build those relational bridges with um, people of all different ages.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You, Go ahead. We were talking about the like, Crazy sermon series stuff. I think, I think when one of the things that especially like leaders, if they're student leaders or adult leaders or youth pastors, like uh, it's it can be uncomfortable to try to deal with problems. To, you know, like things that you consider that that you know will create a conflict. Right? Um, if you feel like somebody is being immodest. Uh, having a conversation with them about that is going to be very awkward and difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of times it's like schools that make a policy, like my kids' elementary school won't let them bring metal water bottles because a kid once dropped a metal water bottle and it made a loud noise in this public event and all of a sudden like no wet metal water bottles, right? Instead of like dealing with the actual issue Right. You do something way bigger that affects everybody and singles out a student. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, but, but that's not, it's actually not healthy in life in general. like You've got a problem with somebody you need to talk to them about it. Yeah. And so like modeling something at least a little bit more healthy is I think important there.
1: Yeah. I would totally agree. Um, Kat, one of the other, uh, like questions I wanted to ask before our times runs out today um, <clears throat> has to do with like looking back on your time uh, in youth group, um, because you are at least a couple of years, if not several years, removed from that time by now. Yes. Um, what are maybe one or two lessons or um, feelings or experiences that have really stuck with you?:
0: Oh That's a good question.
1: I like um, asking that one just cause like, you know, as you think about it again, like, you know, youth workers, like sometimes we think that we are just creating the best sermon or the best talk that we're ever going to give. And we think it's incredible. And then like, you know, the next week you ask the kids about it and they're like, I don't remember what you said, but I'm sure it was great. I know um, so like, I'm, I'm totally curious because sometimes it's intentional stuff that sticks and sometimes it's unintentional.
0: A mm-hmm. oh, big thing for me was, like I said my mom worked at the church and she would go practice beforehand and so I would go up to the youth minister's office and I would just sit in there and I would do my homework and we would end up having like really deep conversations and I feel like that helped me a lot was like those unintended conversations that just came up just because you know I was in there so having that one-on-one relationship with them helped me grow a lot in my faith because i was able to talk about things that i mean i probably wouldn't really talk about with anyone else just because you know society and how it works but i think also something else was being able to go there and know that like there was no judgment as soon as you walked in the door and that was something that I mean, the church as a whole practices, but especially the youth group, he made it a point to have that conversation with students in like, not like a, you know, pounding on you type way, but like a, hey, let's make sure that we're welcoming everyone in and we're talking to everyone. And like I said, those connect. I still talk to those people to this day and I'm a junior in college. So I think those two things are probably the biggest that I've taken away from it.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, how, how do you think you, that you set those up? I mean, were those like weekly sort of things where you, would you know, drop a line when you're doing a big, like public
2: yeah, well, talk or is it I actually for what she was there, I was her, the, the person who was doing that was my, I, he worked, I was his supervisor.
1: Oh, gotcha. Uh, okay.
2: Yeah. And so, but I know like it was part of, he was just always, you would just always say it, right yeah. there wasn't a time when you weren't mentioning that in some way yeah. um i think I, that's a big deal because it's not like
1: a space that young people feel like exists unless it's really given voice to right like yeah. um a large did, part of the adolescent that
2: said everybody's welcome but it was a really cool looking sign oh yeah you didn't do that and like <laughs> yeah. you feel like it was done it was all just like communication right?
1: yeah. yeah yeah and it, and it's so important because i, I you know, there's a big part of the adolescent experience that, you know, as you start to become more self-aware, maybe you do start to feel like you're being judged in a whole lot of different places, Uh Um, you know, whether that's academically in school, uh, you know, socially with peer groups, uh, competitively, you know, if you're in a choir or, a you know, sport or anything like that, that um, being able to give voice to the idea of this is an intentionally judgment-free zone is really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Jeremy, as a way to close this up, um, okay. since you are in the same room with cat, um, same room. Do you have good memories uh, or funny memories of cat when she was a youth that <laughs> you think everybody at the Wesley Foundation and across you know the podcast universe needs to hear about? Uh,
2: this
0: is a trick question.
2: I, I, so it is a trick question because, I have I have a memory that I, I'm really bad at memories. So I have a memory that I think is her, but I don't know if it's her. Oh let's and, find out. <laughs> oh no. Right. <laughs> no. So the memory is that it was that retreat. Uh-huh. And if I'm correct, there was a pie in the face game. Was that was that that was were you involved in that game? That okay, no. So never mind. Oh, okay. No, never mind. It was. There
0: was a pie-in-the-face game, but that was not me. That was probably someone else.
2: Okay. I could have sworn it was you in my memory, but it was not her. So, (laughs) yes, then I won't tell. Well, the story was great, pie-in-the-face, but I was up close and personal, so the pie came off of the person's face, and they breathed out, and it came out of their nose. Oh, no. (laughs) From a distance, you don't get that kind of – Yeah. You really don't get that kind of Mm. – Right there, you can see, like – there's pie coming out of her nose. Oh my gosh! Yeah.
0: You can pretend oh, to... Yeah, that was
2: how. Yeah, it was. It was how did that make you feel?
0: It it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was gonna say, Cat, I like. I'm really glad that that was not you, based on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, Cat, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us today, and truly, prayers and and blessings as you step into a leadership role and and start to serve um as part of the wesley foundation where you are and uh jeremy it isn't it really cool to have sort of these ongoing connections with youth that you know end up feeling like a little bit of a call or continue to explore their faith outside of the times when you're in charge you know like it, it it's really cool to look back at those as well um so youth leaders youth workers out there um if you have some youth like that are now grown and you haven't had the chance to check in with them in a little while um you know, look up a couple of your favorites if you've still got connections with them on social media, or you know, haven't texted them in a while, and just say, "Hey, how's it going?" and and you know, see where the conversations go because you might be fascinated to hear about the things that um, stuck from your youth ministry time together. Uh, Kat, thanks again for joining us, and uh, Jeremy, you and I get to hang out again next Thursday. That's right. See you then. All right. Have a great one, everybody.